I'm Alex. I'm James. And I'm Dan. Welcome to episode 24 of the Ragamuffin Music Podcast. This is a place where we get together every month to talk about the latest news, music and trends in the world of alternative and heavy music. On this episode, we'll be reviewing new singles from August Burns Red and Vended, new albums from Tala and Dayseeker, and more. And we'll be seeing if we correctly predicted which bands were going to have a good 2022. But first, the news. To kick things off, we finally got some Grammy nominations, and uh, it's very interesting. The two categories that we care about, Best Rock Performance and Best Metal Performance, I'll give you a run-through now. The nominations for Best Rock Performance include... Brian Adams with So Happy It Hurts, Beck with Old Man, The Black Keys with Wild Child, Brandy Carlisle with Broken Horses, Idols with Cruel, Ozzy Osbourne featuring Jeff Beck with Patient Number 9, and Turnstile with Holiday. Has to be Turnstile out of those, surely. It's gotta be, yeah. It's what we're all hoping for, isn't it? Turnstile should just win every category, really. Everything. Give them all of the Grammys. Indeed. Grammys? <laughs> Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> And the nominees for Best Metal Performance are Ghost with Call Me Little Sunshine, Megadeth with We'll Be Back, Muse with Kill or Be Killed, Ozzy Osbourne featuring Tony Iommi with, with Degradation Rules, and Turnstile with Blackout. Fuck Muse. Fuck Muse, up the Turnstile. Up Turnstile. Uh, just interesting, it's, it's nice to actually see a band that have had a breakout, like, acclaimed year actually be recognised. So, I'm talking about Turnstile, by the way, not Muse. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see it, like, not necessarily just based off of that previous merit and based off a name. And it is like they've had their breakout year, like you mentioned. It's There's a little bit more, I think, satisfaction out of like the alternative community seeing something like that on there. They're like, okay, maybe they are actually paying a little bit of attention to what's current and what's happening now. Uh, the Heavy Music Awards are getting bigger. They've announced their next show to be on Friday 26th of May, now at the Ovo Arena in Wembley. Tickets are on sale for the first time, with Early Bird currently available for 2250 We've been a couple of times before, so you can check out our vlogs to see what the experience is like. We've had great, great times there. They've not announced any live bands yet, but stay tuned. It's a very interesting change. Uh, I think it has a very nice intimate feel at the Kentish Town Forum, and it'll just be interesting to see how that uh, sort of community feel uh, translates to a larger venue. Yeah, I do hope it doesn't lose that community feeling like you just mentioned it has um, at the Kentish Town Forum, uh, but it's great to have such a big award show for heavy music there's been a few festival lineup announcements since we last talked about festivals uh we've had outbreak announcing their 2023 lineup with a bit of an interesting change they seem to have gone down a bit of a hip-hop route they've got denzel curry death grips and then some bands we're a bit more familiar with code orange converge earl sweatshirt's an interesting one as well i think loathe coming back show me the body trapped under ice turnover and many many more what we thinking it's massively interesting, and I think the more that I think about it and look at it, the more sense it starts to make to me. I think I was pretty blindsided by it when I first saw it, and we did spend a lot of time sort of speculating that they've got a bigger venue now, how are they going to fill that space? Um, but I think ultimately this is the most interesting way to push the festival forward. And I think ov overall the, the reaction's been positive. I think you will get a few sort of classic hardcore fans maybe a bit a little bit disgruntled about this but you got sometimes it's, it's sort of the same thing with download like if you if you don't make things fresh it will end up getting boring um so for me i don't think i'm fully sold on getting a ticket yet but i am very intrigued and excited by what they've done i think very similar to that it's it was such a great time for the first time we went this year 
um that you can see like looking at our vlog from it we had an amazing time it was so much fun and a completely different experience from anything we've ever been to before and we had a wonderful time so i think there is that hope that we can go again next year if we have the opportunity to and it all works out and um interested to see what else they put on the lineup after this we've also had 2000 trees announce their first wave well first big wave of acts for 2023 with frank carter and the rattlesnakes headlining the saturday night some big bands underneath as well the hundred reasons rival schools the wonder years which i'm of course very happy about holding absence and so so many more i think this is such a strong lineup i mean they confirmed it as well that holding absence are doing two different sets and they said about their one the legacy stage on on the opening day on the early bird day but i'm intrigued to see what's happening with the second set because they seem to be teasing something but one of the best vibes i think we've ever been to at a festival in terms of just the atmosphere everyone you'd interact with everyone was so nice the festival layout was phenomenal it was an incredible time um very much looking forward to it again next year yeah it's a festival that a, th- a sentiment that we've sort of shared before is that regardless of the lineup we'll go for the vibes but it helps when the lineup is immense I, I think Frank I mean, more often, more often than not, the lineup is great as well. Yeah, and I think it was more just a case of wasn't waiting to see if the lineup was going to be good. It was just waiting for it to drop, yeah, seeing and who was going to be on it. I think it's great. Um, like like you've said, Dan, this one's pretty much made for you. Um, but there it are some really like really exciting bands sort of lower down: Heart Attack Man, Koyo, Prestamico, um, and then as you get sort of towards the top end Cancer Bats Loathe the Wonder Years it's just a really really fun diverse lineup, which is what Trees is all about so well done and finally lead singer of Fozzy and professional wrestler Chris Jericho was on the Mars Singer US dressed up as a dinosaur um, I think most people that are fairly familiar with their music could tell it was him straight away seeing the videos but it looked like a lot of fun uh, and quite a cool little alternative rocky kind of feel added into just a, a, a daytime kind of show yeah i'm a big wrestling fan so this was quite fun for me to see i mean well chris Jericho sings his own theme song which is a banger by the way so as soon as you played me that clip you're like guess who this is i was like it's so obviously chris jericho <laughs> um but bless him you know good for him james what did you recommend last time I recommended the EP Fault by Alpha Wolf. I thought it was amazing. It was very, very fun. Um, I think they've written some of the most, like, for a genre that's very oversaturated and at times very boring, they've written some of the most interesting and coolest metalcore I've heard in a long time. I think, obviously, kicking it off, um, I, my introduction to them being the Holden Absence split has Hotel Underground's one of my favourite songs of the year, and I think it's an amazing song. And it like this entire EP meets that level that they set with that being with that song. So I just thought this was really great. And I think Lockie's tone of voice is perfect for this. And it makes the whole thing so much easier to listen to when you can understand and f- feel some aggression in what he's doing. Um, a lot of metalcore vocalists are just going through the motions, aren't they? But this is a really, really funny EP. And I love an interlude. So <laughs> An interlude on an EP. Yeah. Oh, you don't get those very often. Give me more. I haven't got much more to add than Alex. Really, he's, he's cleared things up beautifully there. Uh, what I will add though is everything I've listened to from Alpha Wolf, I've 
the thing that struck me the most is how tight and how brilliantly produced it all sounds. Everything just sounds crystal clear. You're getting every every note, every bass drum, every riff, everything just sounds great. But it's done without like losing the energy and the yeah. the humanity of it because a lot of bands when they when the production's very polished and clean it sort mm-hmm. of loses that sense of realism. Do you know what I mean? Like snap into the grid and whatnot. But mm. this this EP and um, what they did on the Hold and Absence split is amazing. What did you recommend, Dan? I recommended the Beauty School's debut album, Happiness. It's got a dog on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. This is just my absolute jam. Um, I think you've recommended some bands to me, like throughout this whole year that I've really, really like fallen in love with. And this is just another great example. I think they're a band that I would love to see on like a slam dunk lineup. Um, the whole album was just so easy to listen to. I thought it was weird that like this sort of genre feels often like summertime music, but actually listening to this complemented the time of year and the season really well. Just has that really good like stare out a window and listen to it vibes. Um, I think it's Ever- funny because the first time I listened to it, I was on the bus. <laughs> I was just staring out the window. Yeah, uh, yeah. Evergreen and Pawn Shop Jewels stood out the most to me, but um, I love the whole thing. Another was very chilled, very nice, um, wonderfully produced. Drum sound was fantastic and beautifully well mixed. Guitar tones were gorgeous. It's never going to be like the music that instantly is going to be something I I choose to put on when I like open up Spotify and I'm like listening to it wherever if I'm walking about if I'm training whatever it's going to be but I think like Alex has mentioned you've you've ended up recommending like a few different bands like kind of with this vibe and it's at least I can say if it's not a go-to for me like giving me a lot of a greater I think interest and appreciation for this kind of bit of music um and I think like there was there were some good tunes on here that stood out like Oak and Monster were, were big for me and I really enjoyed those um, but it's just a very, very solid album. I think they would fit in very well in a lot of those kind of festivals next year that we could end up seeing them at, whether it be a slam dunk. I could see them at Trees. Um, I would love them to be at Trees. And I think I only heard, really heard good things from you after you saw them live recently, which we'll touch on a bit more later. Mm. But um, no, very enjoyable. And I recommended Free by Hundredth. Uh, the episode before this, we talked about Hundredth's Shoegaze album, Rare. And I thought, let's throw it back to when they were a hardcore band. See which version of 100th you prefer. Oh, I wonder what it's going to be. <laughs> this one. Um, I think after you'd spoken about them years ago, this was like the 100th I was expecting. So very much enjoyed this. Great riff, solid drums. I got like a great two-step feel so many times listening to it that uh, it was just so so fun and enjoyable. And it kind of then knowing about them not doing this anymore made me a little bit sad because like, I'd love to have seen this live and them at an outbreak would be phenomenal. Um, and I think the short length of songs being like two to three minutes just gives it an unrelenting, for- uh, unrelenting force and you kind of get that slight chance to breathe within it before you're just thrown right back into it. And yeah, very much enjoyable. And I wish they were still doing this music, but let them do what they want to do. I mean, it's a completely different band from the newer stuff for sure. Um, but I really like it. There's uh, some great hardcore elements here. The intro shows a bit of a melodic side to it. And then immediately after that, there's a great chorus on Unravel. Um, I got some 
great kind of counterparts vibes at times from it. Yeah. They, some, they toured together a lot. Yeah, when they were both when hundreds were a hardcore band. Mm. Yeah, uh, and it was also some very strong your demise similarities, particularly on Break Free. Uh, which is their most streamed song for a reason, and that's because it's a proper headbanger with a great hook. Is their most streamed song? Well, on, th- on that album, at oh, least. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, I was going to say, if they've completely <coughs> switched up genres and an old song is still the most streamed, that would be insane. <laughs> no, I, did, I didn't check what actually is the most streamed. For, oh, off that album, that was the most streamed one. Yeah. I'll have a quick look. Oh, he's already on it. Just for, just for our own curiosity. And for the record, I prefer the newer hundredth. This is this is great, but yeah. it's just something a bit more different. Mm. Although I would be a bit annoyed if I'd liked this hundredth and then they released. Yeah, I know what you mean. Something yeah. else that jarring kind of change in sound. Yeah. Well, their top five songs on Spotify are all th- songs from the new era, so from the latest two albums. So, how many streams have they got? Uh, Neurotic. The top song is at five mil. Okay. With Inside Out? I think it's... Uh, no, break, it was... Uh, break Free. Break free. Uh, it doesn't even say now. Oh, you can check on the... on. Hang on. Yeah, mate, that's pr- that's probably where I saw it. Let me check. I think it had about 2 million. 2.5 million or something. 2.2. 2. Mm. Interesting. That's still going to put it... That's still that's more, still th- that's still more than the songs off the latest album. Yeah. That makes it the third most streamed song, I think, overall. But it's not in their current top five. No. Anyway, moving on. Should we talk about some new music? Let's do that. That's the best kind of music. Kicking things off, we got a new song from New Jersey band Can't Swim. I heard they found you face down inside your living room. I really, really love this song. I love this band so much, and I think the thing that always stands out to me is... every, Every song sounds like he's really... It's going to sound stupid because so many singers do this, but he sounds like he means every single word. And it always sounds like he's singing directly to the person like of subject. Like, it doesn't feel like he's writing about something or about someone. He's writing directly to them, which makes this song and like the emotional resonance of this song so much stronger. And I just think it's a really, really enjoyable song. Um even like despite sort of the sadness in the lyrics, it's still an enjoyable song to listen to. Yeah, it's it's a great emo ballad, I think. Um I like how it seems to add layers and sounds a bit grander and greater as the song goes along and builds to quite an emotional kind of ending towards the end actually as well. And the imagery from the lyricism as well really kind of builds a story and paints a, a really vivid picture, I think, of what they've experienced and what's going on. I think I agree with you both. The vocals are such a, a big forefront and the tone in particular was, was lovely. There's such a heartfelt kind of message with the lyrics that I think so many people can connect to in different ways from that. Uh, but even from the musical side, the, the bass was so nice and prominent. The change from into like the Tom-driven beat during the chorus really, I think, helped elevate like the most important part of that song and really helped carry the fluency and allow it to progress naturally as a song. Uh, really, really enjoyable, and I've kind of like dipped my toes in and out of listening to Carnival based on like bits you've played before, Alex. But this was like a very, very welcome song to listen to, and very much enjoyed that. What's interesting about this band as well is like they did two EPs, um, pretty close together. One of which was like pretty much as heavy as they go, and the other one was 
pretty much all acoustic or like all very very relaxed which like once they did that it then opened up the scope of like what they could do musically so much more which is a similar thing to Foo Fighters did that with a double album and then it was like after that nothing was off the table and I think that's the most exciting thing going forward with this band is like the sort of unpredictability of the sound that they can create um but I love them August Burns Red are back they have brought out a new song featuring Jesse Leach from Killswitch Engage and the song is Ancestry uh first song for an upcoming album which they've said coming out in March called Death Below for me being an August Burns Red fan I loved it I enjoyed it frantic metalcore I love Jake's vocals Matt Griner's drumming is amazing. Got me hair banging, groovy riffs. But I'm already a fan and I enjoyed it. Whereas I think you two come at it from a different angle a little bit more. How did you find it? T- to be honest, like it's not a bad song. I just don't really know what to say about it. It feels like it's just a standard metalcore song. Again, it does nothing wrong. It just t- it ticks every box still that you want from a metalcore song. Great riffs, driving beats. Um, amazing vocals both sort of in the chorus and the screams as well in the verses but it it just does that it doesn't really innovate or anything it just it's just doing what it needs to do yeah i don't i don't know what it is i because i know that they're a good band and it's like they're obviously all incredible at what they do the drumming is amazing the riffs are great i think jake sounds great but I, I've never just had like that click moment with this band of like, okay, I get it now and I like it. Um, yeah, it's enjoyable. But like, as soon as it was done, I didn't really have any like lasting impact of the mm. song on me. Where it was just like, oh, okay, I need to listen to this again because it didn't really sort of stamp a mark in me. But I can but, see what you mean with it because I wouldn't say they're anywhere near like the toppest tiers of what metalcore could be or has been. I think it's just always been, they've been very good, very consistent and kind of always had like that particular sound. And like, the, the click for me was, I had, I did an extensive dive through some of their previous discography, which helped, I think. I think from an entry point from just singles, they're not an easy band to get into. So maybe with the album coming up in March, that might give a little persuasion to it because I think they do much better in a long form album kind of format than just listening to singles. Um so maybe that might be the key to understanding a little bit more and like grabbing you in. But uh, we shall see. Yeah, I mean, it's by no means bad. Mm. Like it just, it's not really the sort of metalcore that I'm massively into, but that's why we do this. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got Vended with Overall. I just think they keep going from strength to strength. Um, this is the best one yet. I agree. I like, off the bat with just Griffin's vocals, I think they're so in your face. They demand the attention immediately. And he has much more like a mix-up of his vocal styles in here. And it's kind of... The change-up in the vocals, I think, helps almost guide the controlled chaos of their music. I think they have such a large dynamic range with what they can do. There's moments of just it being an unrelenting force with those head-banging, inducing riffs. And I think they haven't really put a step wrong they've shown a great transition from how they started to where they're growing and the trajectory they're on now and it just makes me so much more excited just seeing what's gonna come through with this with them helping progress new like the new wave of new metal along with like Tala and this revival we've kind of seen recently and after their last EP being so strong 
I just can't wait to see where they go from here. It's just from strength to strength to strength. That might be the first time one of us has nailed the word trajectory first time. I think it might well be. <laughs> I'm very pleased. You said the, the phrase controlled chaos, which I think sums this band up really well. It felt To me, it's like everything we've heard up until this point had really, really strong foundations. They had great riffs. He's a, he's a very talented vocalist. Drums are always amazing. And it just it never felt like they had been able to put it all together in like the most concise way. It was always like, yeah, it's a great song. Or it's a fun song, but it's not like the song. Whereas I feel like this is the the most like defining song for this band, where it's like every detail and every like part of this song is structured and like they've put a lot of the time and attention it feels like into it. And the end result is flawless, I think. Yeah, I think this is their best song so far for all the reasons that you guys have outlined, but also because I think it's the one where they've most broken away from being a bit slipknotty. Mm-hmm. it feels like this is kind of a significant moment for them sort of breaking away from the label of being Slipknot 2 and just being vended. They found their, their identity. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, which is something we said for a long time. Like, it was inevitable when they that when they launched that people were going to be making the comparisons, and we did as well. But... It was gonna. Ha- there was gonna be a time where they were either gonna be able to break away from it, or they were gonna get buried under it. And now, like I think, especially as we move into the new year, they can start taking tours that are different, and you know, start playing to new audiences. I think they'll really, really find their feet in the new year. Graphic Nature have announced a new album, A Mind Waiting to Die, and dropped new single, Killing Floor. A lot of their songs are usually written from a personal point of view, whereas this one uh, is a bit of a change. It's a bit more of a concept song, um, but still a very interesting premise, and I very much enjoyed it. What did you guys think? I really like the like pipe-sounding noise that they've got in the background yeah. that just sort of dips in and out whenever there's whenever it's required, basically. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's really cool. Um, and then the ending as well is crazy heavy. I am right thinking they're British, aren't they? Yeah. British. They British, British. Mate. They, my immediate, like, kind of call through, I was getting such a strong new metal vibe listening to this. And then it also kind of gave me the kind of immediate thoughts of, like, comparing them to, oh, I've forgotten the fucking name. Why is it already just gone from my head? Who do we see in Oxford the day before Bring Me? Oh, my God. Blood Youth. Blood Youth. Yes. I was getting immediate nostalgia and thinking of Blood Youth and how previously on a podcast, I think I I said they're almost becoming like a UK equivalent of Slipknot with their sound. And I kind of got that from this a little bit as well. I think there was seemed like such a new metal influence on this with like the slamming drums, the riffs, um, the vocals are right in the forefront, beautifully in the mix. And I pretty much, I think I felt like I had a metal grimace face on the whole time listening to this. It was great fun, very natural in moving between the sections. I think that there were some really well thought out little instrumental sections that helped progress the song into the next part and kind of keep it growing and the flow for it. Um, and for me, this is kind of the best introduction to graphic nature I think I could have really had. So yeah, I'm I'm loving this. And they're down in next year, I think. So yeah, I'm now like, okay, cool. I want to see them. They're, they're, to me, they're one of the most, along with Harriet, one of the most exciting up and coming bands in the scene. And I think this debut album is going to blow a lot of people away. So I'm very, very excited for it. One last single for this month, that is Enter Shikari featuring Cody Frost on Bull. Um, 
I don't think this feels like a Cody Frost feature. This feels like it's a full-on collaboration, uh, which I wasn't sure about at first because I was thinking, hey, this is meant to be an Enter Shikari song. What's going on here? But actually, I really enjoy it. Um, the electronic parts are great with a bit of a drum and bass vibe through the choruses, which you can't help but move around to. Um, would have maybe liked to have heard Rao a bit more, although Cody's vocals are brilliant and I've enjoyed delving deeper into their own music as well. Um, and it makes me wonder whether the next album could be a collaboration project or maybe these singles, this one and the Wargasm one, are just a, a, a thing on their own, perhaps. Yeah, or maybe an EP, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Is this How familiar are you with Cody Frost's music? Um, all I'd seen before was she'd done an Enshikari cover, I think. Okay. Because it, I think that's a really good way of you wording it, that this seems more like a collaborative effort than mm. a feature. Because one thing that I felt, and I, something I said to James when we weren't recording, when we first listened to this song, is like I have quite a difficult, I find it quite difficult to get like a handle on Shikari's sound. Like I feel yeah, like sometimes there's no, there's no stability to what they're going to do. Which, like, I think there's something exciting about that, definitely, because I, the unpredictability is fun. But also, I feel like as I'm still trying to get into them all the way, and I feel like the unpredictability is sort of putting up a barrier for me of like, yeah, okay, this is what I think this now. As soon as I feel like I've got my head around what they sound like, I listen to another song that's completely different and it completely alters my like perspective of the band again. And so this one, I feel like. I need to probably if I sort of rewire my brain to view it as like a collaborative song rather than a Shikari song, I think I'll probably enjoy it more. I but think, I was I think that's what I think that's what, what helped me kind of love it a bit more was yeah. when I first listened to it, I was thinking, Well, where where's Shikari at? Where yeah. where's Rao? Where where are these vocals at? Um but yeah, once I viewed it as more of like a collaborative thing and that Shikari have made the song and Cody's sung over it, that kind of yeah. Not necessarily made me comfortable with it because I wasn't ever uncomfortable with it, but it made me learn to enjoy the song a lot more. I think. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think I echo a lot of what you said in terms of like trying to get into them. It's just I think because there are so many different genres or sounds or interpretations of like what they're trying to write that you can't really nail them down to a distinct sound. Apart from it being probably just maybe chaotic isn't the right word, but because it can jump so quickly from one to another, it can be quite jarring. So you, you can't really nail it down and say, oh, they're this type of band or they're this type of band, which I think in, in two ways works and it does it in terms of like us trying to get into them can not work. But in terms of trying to break down barriers, be innovative and uh, create and make their own stamp on music in general not just like the alternative music but i think just music as a whole because like you said they, they delve into like dmb i think that's something uh brave to go out and try and do and being a trailblazer and that kind of effort with it and i feel like it's quite cool that they're doing these collaborations with other artists who are maybe don't have the platform they've got and to try and boost them up a little bit more say hey go listen to these guys now um which i think is something very commendable and quite cool i think it's nice to see a band of a high level doing that. However, if like for this as a song for me, um, I couldn't get into it. I couldn't enjoy it. Um, this, this is basically what I was expecting to be. Yeah, doing. like I, I, I can really fully appreciate what they're doing and how they go about it, and 
what they stand for. Like Alex played me a few other songs and like some of the political messages and things that they, they have behind it. I think are fantastic and it's great for a band. I, I understand the magnitude of them and what they do for the scene. And it's great for them to be able to be outspoken and do this kind of thing. But in terms of grabbing me in as a listener, there isn't something firm enough for me to like grab onto and like really be like, okay, cool. I've got this. Now I can go and listen to more. So it's a little bit, I love what they're doing but also I don't because I can't really get into the music. So it's like a, a weird kind of yeah. juxtaposition and in between for me with that. But fair play to him. Right, on to the first album we've got here. Dayseeker have released Dark Sun. Um, I've seen this name of Dayseeker coming around quite a lot recently. I think they've done a, a tour in America with Holding Absence. I'd seen the name popping up. So knowing this was coming up, I hadn't listened to any of the singles beforehand. So it was a completely clean slate and I wanted to kind of just see how I'd enjoy it. And um, I loved it. I think everything right from the start, like with Dream State, had such a nice flow. I think the song takes you on a journey that since melodies carry through nicely. The vocals have like a hint of heaviness at times where like the end of choruses, the aggression seems to slightly seep through. And like with that song in particular, the bridge hits, the riffs drop and the screams enter. And it feel like with that first single to kick off an album, it just encapsulates all of what you can expect from them. And I think the rest of the album just carries on like that. It's really really beautifully mixed in terms of the melodies with the glimpses of heaviness with showing like diversity of their music um i feel like the vocals are such a strong key point in really pulling you into the music and i don't really feel like there's any songs on this album that kind of like drop off i felt i could listen to this pretty much from start to finish very easily and then be surprised like oh crap i'm at the end of an album now um and just restarting it. It was so easy listening for me. Um, the delivery of the vocals and like the emotion behind it very much did remind me of Lucas from Holding Absence. I, I could see those similarities between yeah, it. And you, you can see why they've worked together. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, so many great songs on here, like Dream State, Neon Grave, Afterglow, Without Me. I, I love this album. And this is definitely one that I'm, I now need to delve more into Dayseeker from this. I, I loved it. Uh, yeah, I was pretty much in love with it from the first listen. I think the albums that I always end up enjoying the most are the ones that you feel like you can get really wrapped up in and like you can exist within that world for 30, 40 minutes, however long it is. And this is one of those albums where it's like as soon as it was on, like it's not one that I think I would ever like shuffle or whatever. It's one that you have to enjoy mm. all the way through for the journey that it takes you on. I feel like this takes a lot of nods from Sempaternal um sort of the way that it incorpor I mean I'm not familiar with their the rest of their catalogue, but it feels like sort of an expansive world of instruments that they've used on this one. I don't know if that's something that is new or not. But it it feels like with this one you can tell that because given the sort of the subject matter behind a lot of the album being the passing of one of the members uh fathers. You sort of understand like the whole album exists in that headspace and it they strive very well to create like a landscape with the instruments they use throughout that sort of carries you all the way through. And I think it's paced really well. And I've, I've seen a lot of like criticism online that it's not as heavy um, as previous work, but I think it's heavy in a different way. It's not heavy in the sense that yeah. here's a breakdown. It's heavy in the sense that here's like, an emotional it breakdown. takes a time. <laughs> <laughs> emotional damage. <laughs> But no, I think that's like that's <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, anyway, I, Alex, you're, yeah. making, you're making a really <laughs> profound point there. Well, I, I think it's just an in, like 
it's an important album to listen to and an album that just sort of envelops you when you listen to it. Yeah, I'm now fully on board the Dayseeker hype train. It's um it's poppy, it's riffy at times, it's heavy when it needs to be sonically, and then heavy in terms of lyrical content as well throughout it. Um but what I would think really makes this album is the vocal melodies. They just really there's something about them that just really hooks hooks you in and really becomes an earworm. I keep finding myself humming along to some of these choruses just doing day to day tasks even if I'm not thinking about the album. Crying While You're Dancing is a huge pop, sad pop ballad. Um, and in fact, I think it, it maybe gives this whole album its own sort of label as like misery pop or misery core. I love that. Something like that. Um, the only way I think this album suffers in a way is that I think it's it's punchiest and most aggressive songs are literally the first two on the album. So maybe it, it kind of blue balls as you into expecting a few more chunkier riffs throughout the rest of the album but again like Alex has mentioned they're not necessary really yeah and last up we finally got the second album from Tala The Generation of Danger oh they made us wait didn't they but was it worth the wait I reckon so yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think the only downfall of this album really is there's so much going on that you really have to sit down and focus and give it your full undivided attention which I've not had too much time to be able to do. But I do really, really enjoy it as well. Um, it's almost like they're darting about between a bunch of different new metal influences. There's moments that are a bit more Slipknot-like. There's moments that are very corny. Um, and then there's other moments that are, are completely new and unrecognisable and are just a Tala thing. I think that they're back and I love it. Like you kind of say, it's the one most wonderful, chaotic mix of music that you can kind of expect from them, but I think they still hit you left wing with stuff like on Wendred. I think they jump between different genres slightly, but it's not jarring. Like they bring the acoustic guitar out and it's like, okay, where the, mm. where the fuck's that come from? And it, it works like, in the whole kind of concept with it. Um, I think from the first like main track of being the hard reset, you're pretty much like hearing everything Justin can do. And right from the start, you're like, yeah, I remember why he's such a great vocalist and how diverse what he can do is, and I think it just flows from track to track so well. I think there's 15 tracks, I think it is, is quite long, um, which is like my, my only pitfall, really. It Trying to sit down and go through it in one go of being like nearly an hour, I think it is, and having a lot of songs that go from like that four to even, I think, six minute kind of timing can be quite a slog. Trying to sit down and do it in one go, and especially with them doing concept albums, if you want to go through it from start to finish and get that, that can be difficult, um, but I think if you're if you're taking some of the songs individually as well, they've got some great pieces of music. Um, like "Shaken Not Stirred," I think is my favorite on the album. Like even after it came out as a single, there's just slamming riffs. Um, the song feels like the perfect encapsulation, I think, of Tala as a whole. And I think they just absolutely slayed it. And I don't know if either of you guys have watched like the 30 minute video they put out of Justin kind of going through the I concept. Have, yeah. And it, the, I, I didn't know that um, they'd written a lot of this album before yeah, Metrifigy. Yeah, there's a lot of it. So the majority of it was written before Metrifigy. Lyrically? The whole album oh. was written pretty much before Metrifigy. And like they had it done pre-lockdowns and ready to go and all this kind of thing, yet they went in the different direction with it, which I think was clever. But the other thing is that he talks a little bit about how obviously there's the the order of the songs telling a story, but he said there's also a different way where you can 
put the songs in a different order and it can still tell the story in a slightly different way. Well, no, I, I think the order is actually already not chronologically correct. Yes, yeah, like I think from around. what Justin was saying, it already in the album order that it's in, it isn't chronologically correct in terms of the storyline. But he also said that he wrote it in a way that you can just stick it on shuffle and the storyline will still make some kind of sense. She's very clever. It doesn't necessarily matter what order you listen to it in. You still get. So the I imagine of it. like a lot of the lyrics will ha- reference other li- like mm. and call mm. back to things that. That's very interesting. Which, which again, is is something that, uh, well, the concept as a whole is something that I need to give the album a bit more attention mm. with. I think to yeah, fully same. absorb it and understand what's going on. But I think that's what we said when we first heard Matrifogy mm. was like, this is an album that you can enjoy on the surface you don't have to dig any deeper and you know go into the full lore of that album because again there's a lot going on in that album both in terms of like actual length and in terms of the story and i guess it's the same here because i've enjoyed every time i've listened to this i've enjoyed it and i've some of the times i've shuffled it sometimes i've played it start to finish and the length is a bit difficult sometimes like it's a long album like you said there's a lot going on 10 characters in this story as well. yeah Christ. So, as, what as in just referenced or like from perspective of? Is it just um, from they're the... like referenced in lyrics yeah. as part of the main storyline? There's like one that he tacked on at the end where it's like this is kind of a character, but they're kind of briefly mentioning all these kind of different things. But when he goes through and explains it, there are ten different distinct characters. Okay, I'll have to watch that. That's interesting, and but like, that helped me enjoy Matrifogy more. Watching his uh, song by song, like yeah, and that breakdown and. Um, like sort of storytelling. The other thing which you said was quite cool was while like there is nothing directly that links this to Matrifogy, he has put in certain callbacks, but in no way is this a continuation or anything. So he said people like might find things in there that you might think, oh, this is like because of this and linking to that. That is not the case. This is its own story, just with almost fourth wall breaking kind of, hey, here's a little reference. More of a wink than like yeah. a, an actual An actual link connection. to yeah. stories, but... I think they they keep killing it. I'm still desperate for them to come to UK. Please, please come and tour over. Some someone just book them. Come on, they're gonna they're gonna absolutely kill it. And I think as soon as they can start touring internationally, I think the only way is up for this band. They they've done amazing things so far, and I they haven't put a step wrong. And lastly, we want to give a little shout out to Shark Bait. We've checked out their new song, Smile and Wave. Smile and Wave. And it's really good. They said in particular it's a fast-paced, powerful pop-punk anthem about the hometown, the genre's arch-rival, and the friends that make it bearable, as well as the desire to see the world, albeit on a shoestring budget. It's such a fun song. I think the thing that really, I think we all enjoy about this band is that everything they've done so far showcases a different side to them. We've had like a sort of a slower ballad. We had just an absolute raging anthem in Better Late Than Never. And now this one is just fast, aggressive smacks you in the face like even on the first listen it was catchy and i was like getting into the hook so they're they're just such an incredible band and a really really exciting band in the genre it's almost like if old neck deep and four year strong amalgamated together and had a little baby (laughs) (laughs) and called it shark bait uh it's another big dream for them like you said alex They've, they've done so many good bangers before and I think they just keep growing and they're teasing more singles for next year or leading up to something bigger, I think, coming on to 2023. So I think definitely one to keep an eye out for and 
would love to see them at some UK festivals next year, hopefully. I think they would suit something like Slam Dunk very, very well. We love Shark Bait. You should go and listen to their new song, Smile and Wave, right now. Actually, no, do it after you listen to the end of this episode. Should we talk about some gigs we went to? I mean, you guys can because I didn't, but go for it. Loser. Well, I've been to quite a bit, haven't we? You've been a very busy bee. I've been very, very busy. What was your first one? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I kicked things off in Bournemouth with uh, the Wonder Years playing a special anniversary show for the Upsides in Suburbia. It was meant to happen earlier this year before Slam Dunk, but that uh, COVID thing. Do you remember that? Ugh. Crazy. Yeah, that, that got in the way and it meant they had to reschedule it for now. And it was worth the wait. It was a lot of fun. Great to hear some songs that I guess probably won't be played live again, quite possibly. Um, so those yeah, album, my, how much do you love those albums? Like compared to the rest of their discography? Uh, they're, they're not my favourite too. Suburbia I, I do like a lot, um, but it's just good fun to, to go back and hear those songs live again, I guess. The supports are great as well. Beauty School, um, who we've mentioned on the podcast already, um, were, were really, really good. Safe Face, not necessarily my kind of thing, but brought some really, really great energy and I really enjoyed their live show. What did I do next? Uh, I went you to, saw them again. I did see them again. Might as well, yeah, might as well talk about that yeah. one straight away. Um, I saw the Wonder Years again in Bristol, this time as part of the, the actual tour, playing songs from the new album, which sounded amazing. And th- to be fair, the setlist as a whole just did a great job of spreading across their, their whole, dis- whole discography, really. Like, a lot of bands nowadays will release a new album and they'll play like the majority of that and then just a few off like the last couple of albums or something or a few hits but they played i think like a 19 song set spread across the whole the whole discography there's there's something there for every era and it was such a great time probably it's up to debate up to, up, to, up for debate there might be some recency bias but it might be my favorite one year show i was literally just about to ask you that mm. that's huge and same support for though that tour as well it was the it? same support as well yeah so Which again was great. Good, like seeing like for the first time someone like Beauty School who you started getting into, and then seeing them again like a week later. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, already having an idea of what they would have been like, and yeah, I, I loved the album, so I was really tentative about seeing them live. I was, I was very hopeful. I was like, please be good, please be good, and they were really, really good. Before that second one of your show, somewhere in between, I saw Biffy Clyro in Birmingham, which uh, was was good fun. Uh, Architects left a lot to be desired, I think, as supports. Um, although I love them, I think they're brilliant. Uh, I don't have a lot of love for the new album, which I hoped would change from hearing some of the songs live. But it just felt like something was missing. I think maybe because they were playing an arena show to a crowd that wasn't necessarily theirs, it felt like the energy was perhaps not there. I don't know, but I'll still see them again. I'm sure I'll give them another chance. Well, that's a shame because we've been to quite a few arena shows in our time and like i think we always have noted a lot of the support bands very actively trying to win over the crowd and yeah that's really the thing it, it felt like they weren't even trying to do that yeah they played it very safe with the set list i think the the only song they played that wasn't wasn't on the most recent two albums was doomsday yeah but even then it didn't pack the punch that it normally does that is a shame. Mm, it is a shame. Biffy, however, were excellent. Um, the new stuff, great. They sprinkled a couple of oldies in there, which was a nice surprise. Glitter and Trauma, off one of the earlier albums. 57 as well, off of Black and Sky. 
Very, very good time. How does it compare to their download set? For you? I, th- I think it was slightly better. Download, I, I had kind of hoped that they'd cater the set to a heavier audience and that they'd play some of the older ones that they actually did in Birmingham. So I guess, yeah, having their own crowd made a difference. Um, yeah, and, and chucking in a... Being a bit more adventurous, I guess, with the set list as well helped. Yeah, that's fair enough. I guess you can understand, like, why they did the set list they did for download. Oh, for sure, yeah. But they were they were great at download. I enjoyed mm. them very much. I mean, and then we... Went to nothing Alex nowhere. and I both went to Nothing Nowhere. This was very, very fun. I didn't expect... I, I, I knew it would be good, but I didn't expect to have as much fun as I did. I think something that we said beforehand um, was... He was playing with a live band. A lot of his music is obviously, uh, especially his earlier stuff, based in sort of emo rap and related genres. Um, So a lot of it is instrumentals. It's just like beats and stuff. But I think having a full band, like live drummer, live guitarists, made so much difference because everything felt so much more energetic, so much more fun. Um, I mean, I didn't really expect there to be like, proper pits like full-on pits and there was the pit was irresistible at times yeah. he played a new song i can't remember the name of it um i'm just trying to find the set list now but there was a breakdown in it and and the riff that was just you, you couldn't not mosh to it yeah but then to still also be able to have like the emotional resonance of playing a song like i'm sorry i'm trying and the whole crowd mm. was so loud. That was the thing that uh, I think the news. I think the news song that I'm talking about is called "Thirst for Violence." So oh, there we go, <laughs> perfect. But like Oxford crowds, we know can be difficult sometimes, uh, notoriously difficult. But it was packed. I w- I'd be inclined to say it potentially was sold out, but I don't know. Or at yeah, least I'm close not sure. To it. it would have been close. It was. It was full. It was loud. It was full, and it was very, very loud. And the crowd were just insane high energy and he was great i loved it and a very very good way to cap off our year of gigs we've been to so many 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 gigs a lot of vlogs go and revisit them if you've been to any of them if any you've heard us talk about any point you're like hey that sounded quite cool i'd love to have been there you can while you're at home watching it so yeah go through and you can you can view all of those splendid times you've had this year and if you want to know, splendid, splendid. And if you want to know what our favourite gig of the year was, <laughs> smash the shit out of that subscribe button so that you don't miss our 2022 awards coming soon. Not that soon. Be by the end ish. of the year. Ish, yeah. Next month. In a bit. In a bit. Yeah. Shortly. Um. Comments. Uh, Ronald721 has commented on the Ocean's 8 Alaska video uh, of the song Sol, live from the underworld in Camden, pointing out that there was an old guy in the crowd. There was. like, There were a couple, actually, I think, from that show, and they were absolutely loving it. And it's It's been nice, I think, the different gigs and festivals we've been to this year where the crowd has been diverse. But there was a guy at Trash Boat at Trees who was crowd surfing, Legend. having the time of his life, um... Who was definitely of the older older crowd, I guess. Um, yeah, it was an old man. It was an old man. But no, it's, it's lovely to see that. And you kind of go into expecting it to be a younger crowd and a younger generation of people. But no, nah, it's for everyone. 
Yeah, pits for pensioners, I say. I'd love to spin kick someone's nan. So. Hashtag. Yeah, bring your grandparents to the pit day. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll do a day next sometime next year. We'll just all get up, get together and have a big mosh. Do you, and, rem- uh, do you remember that old guy that was at Trees as well? That was quite wholesome. Crowd surfing. Yeah. Bless him. Wonderful. Uh, Caleb underscore the underscore editor commented on the Slipknot tier list saying, this is a great video. Thought you guys had at least 100,000 subs. <laughs> Which... Just you and me both, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we wish that too. Yeah, can't believe, can't believe we're on any less than that, really. It's no. Which means if you're listening, crazy. you need to subscribe to make sure we get to that number. Yeah. That's the key part here. Izzy has commented, Izzy Rachel has commented on our, our download festival reaction. Uh, or my, my download festival reaction, I guess. Ooh. Yeah, take credit, Dan. Go on. Thanks, guys. Uh, saying, this is definitely one of the best lineups that Downloaded has ever announced. So excited for next year. We're excited for next year as well. Yeah, I agree. Like it's, It shows a nice change towards the future. A nice nod back to the past. And I think a beautiful mix of music to really just Beautiful. show everything. <laughs> beautiful. beautiful. Terry Tibbs will love it. Oh, just give me a flashback I'll give you a young band, but I need Metallica twice. That's the best I can do. That's all I can offer. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Bri- <laughs> Architects into Bring Me. Take it or leave it. But Metallica will play twice. <laughs> I like the comment on the, uh, the video about no more Slipknot albums. I was just commented saying, I found out about this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking well done, mate. All right. So, so do we, but it's taken us a day to get the video out. All right. Cheeky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> the start of the month before the download lineup got announced uh motley 1984 commented on our video where we predicted the download festival headliners for 2023 uh they said bring me the horizon are terrible the guy can't sing for shit i hope it ain't them that would be a massive waste i'm guessing by his username he'd have loved to just have motley crew then probably a lot of older bands mm, which maybe. sucks to be you dickhead <laughs> don't go if you don't like it or go and see someone else just yeah. just there's gonna be other bands there it's not curated personally for you. It's for everyone. Everyone to enjoy and have a lovely time. Yeah, and for all the crusty pricks on that left comments on our problem with download video saying, oh, go to Bloodstock if you don't like it. Well, guess what? If you don't like this year's download, go to, go Bloodstock. to Bloodstock. That's all the comments. That's all the comments. Let's discuss things. Back in January's episode of the podcast, we got together and talked about which bands we thought we were going to have the best 2022. Well, the year is drawing to a close, so what better time than now to look back on what we said, see if we were right, see if we were wrong, see if any of those bands we listed actually did anything worthwhile or not. And then maybe discuss who actually did have the best Yeah, see who, who did have the best ranty. End on a positive. Yeah. Uh, so like one of the first ones we mentioned was Bring Me The Horizon, having a good 2022, we predicted that, with them supposedly meant to be having the second EP out. Oh, I think we were... Predict that was a rumor. It was a rumor that I mean, they were heavily hinting at it because they wanted yeah. to do one a year. Um, having the multi weekender, um, we talked about them being like the UK version of Slipknot. Alex made a bold prediction about them being the headline for download, which Fucking huge come on, he did well with that. And about them headlining Reading and Leeds this year. So, like, looking back on that, they did have a big 2022. I'm not sure it's been maybe as big as we expected it to be, no, but again, the multi weekender seemed to be a great success. They headline Reading and Leeds Festival, which is huge. I think that's successful. I, I think it doesn't feel that big because those are all massive things to do. So it was like, well, if our expectation is that you perform a good set at Reading and Leeds, 
They've exceeded. Then just do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I think when we stop and think about how important it is for that a band like that in this year to be headlining that festival, I think is actually an amazing achievement to be there with bands like Arctic Monkeys and fucking out at and I think getting finally getting the download headlining slot well is, deserved. is proof of proof you needed that they're one of the most important bands in heavy British music. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, they have had one of the best 20... One, they have been one of the most important bands of the year. I, I seem to remember suggesting Harriet as having a good year. Yeah, it said about them being on lots of festival bills, playing with Not Loose and, and really breaking through. I think they've achieved that. We For sure, they've... Yeah, they've played we shows. We saw them twice everywhere. at festivals. We saw them at Trees under so. download, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Which again is is massive for them. They're a relatively young band, and mm. they essentially opened Download Festival. Yeah, uh, I think yes. Yeah, I remember as soon as like getting right through the gates and heading straight for that tent immediately, and like slowly but surely it started to pack in, and more and more people were coming through, and it, it was lovely to see them really kick off. Essentially, the biggest UK metal festival there is like no point bullshitting around that and i think give it give it a couple of years a couple of releases a couple of big tours and you'll see them fast move across those stages that download and and making themselves into a bigger name they've got a lot of a lot of eyes on them a lot of support from their peers as well uh like you just mentioned james they've been playing shows with the likes of Knox loose uh they're touring with boston manor this month as well well the in december um and they've got uh people like sam carter vouching for them as well that's always a good sign also worth noting that back in April they released uh, the eight track Profound Morality, which was um, just a really amazing introduction to who they are as a band, the sort of soundscape that they can create, and hopefully moving forward they can continue to release more music because yeah they were a really exciting band and I think they had an amazing year this year. Uh, the next band we predicted to have a great year was Wargasm, off the back of their 2022 win. No, what year did they win at the HMOs? This year? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last year? 23. No, we're... St- no. no, is that well, not what they, well, we... they would have won this year for last year, I guess. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, that's why I'm getting confused. Yeah. yeah, they won the Heavy Music Award for, I think, Breakout Band or Breakthrough Band. British, I think. British Breakthrough Band. They were listed in a Metal Hammer list of bands to watch. They seemingly were everywhere, sort of, in the latter half of 2021. And I think... The momentum they were going into the year with felt really strong. I don't feel but like it lived up to that. But then seemingly they didn't do much. No. I think one of the best things was the free promotion they got from a certain guy online who <laughs> would literally <laughs> apply to everyone. I think is the most profound thing they've done this year in a way in terms of just like free promotion. I think he's done wonders to help get them out there just in terms of his persistence in commenting about a band that doesn't exist anymore. Um, to which I think everyone else in the alternative metal community pretty much takes the piss out of, which is in quite some great. ways, could you say that Wargasm US had a better year than <laughs> Wargasm UK? Well, I mean, Wargasm US's profile has definitely been elevated. Yeah, that's true. We did not know them before that because they are defunct. They don't exist anymore. They don't play music anymore, and therefore, fuck them. That's bait, well, isn't it? <laughs> oh, of course it's bait. I'm reading this guy in because you know he's going to comment. Though, yeah, well, Wargasm has still had a good year. They've they've released a, a song with Enter Shikari, which is massive. Um, they've been on a, a few tours. 
I think they played Main Stage Download Festival. Yeah, I believe so. What, this year? Yep. Mm. Where the fuck were we? Yep, they did. Uh, we would have still been in the campsite. <laughs> <laughs> we were probably drinking. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I think they opened the main stage at Download, which is, is big, but I think... The year that we were expecting them to have, they just haven't lived up to. Yeah, which means it was a failure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Another band we looked at and discussed about having a big 2022 was Static Dress. Um, the creativity and the outreach they were having, the fact they were playing everywhere. Uh, we saw them, I think it was, as the main support for Underground Festival pretty early on this year. Uh, also, at... j- just before the end of 2021, they released the Prologue EP. So end of 2022. They released the prior EP. No, oh, they sorry, did I'm not. Confused. Where are well, you? Here we in. Oh shit! Yeah, you idiot. So uh, they were going. So they were going oh, into. Oh, yeah. Oh, so oh, they yeah. they released the prologue EP at the end of 2021. So at the start of 2022, seemed like the momentum was all the way on their side, and I think it carried over, and they have had a really great year. Yeah, they've been. Uh, but I think we talked about how we were almost fatigued from how much we'd seen them live. Yeah. <laughs> They seem That's to be twice everywhere. outbreak. Yeah, uh, underground festival as James mentioned. Um, heavy music awards. Heavy music awards. We would have seen them at Downward if they weren't on at like seven o'clock in the morning, <laughs> which is an exaggeration. I think it was the um, eleven a.m. slot, but still, a bit too early for us. Yep. Um, they're currently touring the U.S. Uh, they've released nice. their debut full-length album. I think that's a pretty successful year. Well, I think that's a great year they've had. And they continue to be one of the most like unique and like a band that takes a lot of pride in their presentation and their yeah. aesthetic, which um, I think goes a long way into sort of making a, a band stand out and feel unique and important. So they've had a great year. And like, especially at Outbreak, like I think Ollie even said, like compared to the rest of the bands on this bill with basically the Powerpuff Girls, but they they held their own in that set and oh for sure they were yeah amazing. they were really great. Uh, another band we had uh, tipped to have a great twenty twenty two was Biffy Clyro. Uh, James said that he reckons they would they were going to steal the show at Download. And then what did you think of their set, James? In my defence, you were cold. There. You were. I was there. cold. I was drunk and I was hungry. Where were you, man? I went back and I roasted marshmallows at camp. However, it sounded great. Disapprovingly shaking my head. Sorry. <laughs> How long were you there for? Um, up until the encore, thank you very much. Oh, I thought you left early. He was. He's got video evidence. Yep. Oh shit! I walked away as they were playing. I was nice going try. down. I was going down the track. Shit. As they were playing the encore songs. Well, I had some lovely much. You fuck. You fuck. <laughs> um, but we, they also had yet to tour for their two new albums uh, at the start of this year. And Dan, you've actually seen them on a tour. I did. Yeah, I saw them on their arena tour. Uh, which you know because if you listen to this podcast episode you've already heard me you talk about it just <laughs> yeah. they played a, a smaller tour at the start of this year as well which is really cool you don't see a, a band as big as Biffy Clyro playing in small venues like I think Kentish Town Forum and places like that I think they played on that tour which is great um, so they've done all sorts really they've done that smaller tour they've done a big arena tour to to end the year they've done big festival appearances all across Europe I think that's pretty good I think that's great, yeah. Uh, Another one we mentioned was Spirit Box. They hadn't had a chance to play live and really support the album. Um, With the growth they were having at such a quick kind of speed, I made the the bold prediction. I thought they were going to move up on the download bill, and they did. I'll take that W. They had to. 
Um, and they still packed out that tent in there. And for that being like their first British appearance, um, man, it, it was incredible. It was very special. The energy in that tent was insane. They could have been at a main stage and drawn an incredible crowd, I think, if you time it with the right kind of point in the day. And then they went on their UK tour. They've continued to kind of, I think, pretty much tour relentlessly just to support that, seeing as they hadn't really yeah. had a chance at all. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a, a big another album coming out next year, maybe see them repeat at some festivals because I think that showed, just based on what we saw on the download, of, of how big they are really already, the trajectory they're on and the potential they've got. I think Spirit Box's success this year can be defined by just looking at how many festivals they played this summer and how big and how energetic the crowds looked for every single one. Whether it was at Download, anywhere in Europe, the US, the crowd turned up and just showed that they had real, real love for that band. So with all of those ones in mind, that's what we predicted at the start of the year. Now we can have the retrospective and look back who do we think actually had the best 2022? I think there's one huge standout and it is holding absence. What a fucking year they've had. Mm-hmm. Just touring everywhere. I, I, I think even if we wanted to avoid them, we could not have avoided them. And would have chosen not to. <laughs> <laughs> I think with with the EP, the split EP with Alf Wolf was incredible. They've, um, they've toured the US for the first time. And they've gone on to tour it again. They've been on yeah. two US tours, which is, something, which is something they wanted to do for years. Oh. They were at basically every festival. Rightly so. And yeah, drew some great play, crowds. Playing some incredible sets. Like an acoustic set download, as well as packing out the tent. Trees was amazing. Just, what a, what a year. Festival. Yeah. What um, a year they've had. Oh, I love that band. And the, and their their fan base seems to have grown with all of these performances as well. With mm. every appearance they've made, they seem to have gained loads of new fans. The hard work and the graph they've put in mm. is like really paying off. Like on the on the backside of that, in terms of seeing how how they're growing and becoming a bigger mm. band, which has been great for them as well. Because I think this is the the first year that they've kind of quit their jobs and mm. committed to doing this full time. And it's yeah, it's really paid off. Really happy for them. I think also the split EP as well is one of the best like decisions they could have both bands could have made because in the way that we as existing Holding Absence fans were um, exposed to Alpha Wolf for the first time, I imagine the same effect has ha- happened the other way. And um, it's just exciting to see two bands that like musically are at completely different ends of the spectrum. They're both alternative, but obviously one of them they're just vastly different from each other but to like be able to support each other and coexist in the way that that ep does is a testament to both of those bands like abilities as musicians another suggestion for me that i think is undeniable is turnstile Mm -hmm. obviously glow on was released in 2021 and it was a thunderously impeccable album but they've just been able to ride this wave of success ever since that's really like it's hard to put into words like the the degree to which they've sort of been able to transcend heavy music and hardcore music playing on late night tv and the tonight show and things like that 
Grammy nominations, which are more than deserved. Um, the size of the venues that uh, I'm seeing them play on their US tour at the moment. And like they, they seem to just be able to... They, they've created such a genuine and special connection to all their fans. I just think they have become one of the most important bands of a generation, I think. An outbreak was incredible. Nuts. Like a dream, yeah. And then, yeah, Trees as well, their set there mm. was fantastic. Uh, one that's come to mind for me in particular, um, maybe not the best 2022, but I think an extremely strong 2022 is Electric Callboy. I think yeah. how they've grown in the scene, doing what they're doing, I think is very clever, but you've got to get it right to kind of get that kind of comedy, but then also be very good at what you're doing and to release a very, very strong, great album like Techno. Come over and do the set they did at Slam Dunk where I was right at the pit having a wonderful time for that. Um, and with the hype they've got for next year, like already I, th I think headlining Brixton Academy in April, withholding absence of support which would be fantastic um i think they've, they've really grown in this past year again i think this has been the first big year of like touring coming back and i think there are so many bands that have really benefited from that being able to actually go and play songs they might have released during lockdowns and they've been able to record and and get their legs behind them and, and run out there and, and travel and play shows and be in front of people again i think just benefited so many bands and i think this is another one where they just needed to get out there Every time they've released a song, you'd look forward to the music video about what was going to happen with it. And I think they've had a great year. Other one that's only just come to me, actually, and it feels like a weird one considering we we don't necessarily like their new album. But Architects have had a good year. Yeah. Kick things off with an arena tour uh, for, for those that wish to exist. Um, released a new album. And it doesn't matter whether you like or dislike that album. Looking at the attention it's got them, and where it's got them now is undeniably a good thing. Like, I was driving to work the other morning, and for some reason my phone wouldn't connect to the Bluetooth, so I had no choice but to stick the radio on. Radio on Breakfast Show, Greg James, what's he playing? Architects, Deepfake. <laughs> oh my god. Jeez. Wouldn't expect like, that. It's not very often that you get some heavy riffs and some screaming vocals on breakfast radio. No. But Architects have done that. And I don't think you can say that that's not a big thing. The outreach they've been able to have in terms of just breaking through the scene, it's like a Bring Me the Horizon in a way. It's like that similar kind of path. There are moments when people listen to Bring Me and be like, maybe particularly with Ammo, I think, with them, where it's like, yeah, I'm not too much of a fan of this, but for the greater musical appreciation and breaking down barriers into the mainstream more, it did the right thing for them. To be able to headline Reading and Leeds, like we say, this year. Yeah. Um, and now for then, I think Architects be doing that and getting played on, like you say, on Radio 1 Breakfast. If you'd have said this a couple of years ago, after Holy Hell had come out perhaps, where it's like, okay, cool, they're back, they're, they've got a new album out, and say, yeah, in a couple of years, they're going to be on Radio 1 Breakfast. You'd be like, nah, that's not happening. And then I think that only comes with the dedication, the hard work they've put into it, and whether old fans like it or not, the boldness to go out there and experiment with their music and take a chance and do something different I think is very commendable and, and takes a lot of balls to actually be able to do that as well so fair play to them yeah and that album has grown on me as well to be fair so I th mm. it, it's not a sense of like I don't, I don't know where I was going with that to be honest <laughs> I like the not, not a sense of liking or disliking it is that what yeah, you're saying yeah, yeah. so it, it doesn't really yeah I think not, the fact is like you said we can appreciate without having to like the album 
the reach that it's got them and yeah. the, the level that they've been able to take that next step to, um, which is huge. I've got one last suggestion. It's a band who I saw at the end of 2021 in Oxford. Since then, they played a supporting set at Ali Pali. They showed up and showed out at festivals all across Europe and the UK, yeah. including Download and a secret set at Outbreak. Their album was one of the most hard-hitting, aggressive, heavy albums of the year. Malevolence. The way you built that up, it was like it was a trailer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as you started going the through that album. The most hard-hitting yeah. album of the year. I know you're talking They're about. They're just and fucking sick. They're and they were so everywhere. <laughs> they were everywhere. You could see so many people talking about them. Such an incredible live show. Some yeah, of the most and, fun and never circle got, never got tired there. of seeing them as well. No. Every time I saw them, I was yeah. like, yeah, let's go. Let's I'm ready for that circle yeah. for every time. But as soon as I see them, like I'm ready to run the circles. It, they were so much fun live. And they're out so many different places here. Download on second stage. They had a crowd. And we were in the back half of that section of the crowd. Um, like I said, them Ali Pali with Architects and Sleep Token was incredible. And yeah, going from strength to strength to think that I think I was busy. I think it was like because of previous work, I couldn't make it. But to know in my head now that you saw them at the end of last year in Oxford is absolutely mad and incredible. And I would hope, please, please do that again because I will not be missing out that time. They've become popular just by being good. Yeah. Just by being a really, really good band, mm-hmm. making really great music and being very likeable people. What more can be said? Let us know in the comments which bands you think had the best 22, who your favourite band of the year was, and maybe pay us a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll wrap it up by going through our album recommendations. For this one, we thought as we're getting towards the end of the year, let's have a look back at some albums we might not have had the best appreciation for, maybe not had the most amount of time to go back and listen to, and maybe one of us has had the chance to do that and kind of throw them out to each other so for me um i've heard the name fit for a king for a while i've always heard good things about them they're at slam dunk next year so we'll be seeing them um they released a new album the hell we create in october i've given it a few spins and very much enjoyed it and i think this is my pathway now to get into them and listen to them so yeah the hell we create by fit for a king uh, I'm going to go for one that I think Alex is going to really, really enjoy. It's uh, the South Tide album from Prince Daddy and the Hyena. Um, there's just so many cool little influences on on this album. I think there's there's bits that are a bit Midwest emo. There's bits that are a bit pop punk. There's other bits that are a bit indie and bits that are just full on rock and roll. It's such a fun little album, and I think I think you'll both really enjoy it. Alex more so, but you'll both really enjoy it. I hope. I'm going to recommend an album that we just didn't really get a chance to listen to when it came out. Um, It's not one that I'm expecting to sort of be earth-shattering for sort of where our heads at for awards at the end of the year, but I think it's going to be an enjoyable album, and that's Congregation by Witch Fever. I really, really was floored by their set, uh, Supporting Cancer Bats. One of those experiences where seeing it live made me get it, Um, and I think... The old turnstile The trait. old turnstile trait. And a lot of the singles leading up to this album I've really, really enjoyed, so might be a fun one to check out. But can I be sneaky and make another little suggestion? Oh, go oh, on then. Before the, before the year is out, let's all give A Classic Symptom of a Broken Spirit one more try. I mean, I've given it several tries, but I will go back and listen one, to One it. more for good luck. How about that?
I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay. <laughs> well, that's it. If you got this far, you might as well hit subscribe, leave a like, and maybe even a comment. We do this podcast every month, and if you want to hear more podcast-related content, we have a series called A Perfect Gig, where every episode we get a guest in to give us their dream four-band gig from opener to headliner, and a little chat happens along the way. We have some very, very exciting guests coming on for that soon. Oh, I wish I could just tell you, but I can't. But it's, it's worth it, so just subscribe. We've got all kinds of content on our YouTube channel. We've got tier lists. We've got gig vlogs. We've got beginner's guides to help you get into bands. So for all kinds of things, alternative and metal, go and check that out. Subscribe, because like Alex said, there's a lot of things incoming. Not just those uh, perfect gigs, but... Maybe some interviews coming soon. Who knows? There's some exciting things in the works. Dan there are. <laughs> there are. There are things coming. But yeah, subscribe and you won't miss out on any of that. Check out our Spotify as well where we have a thing called Ragamuffin Radio where we individually talk talk to you about some songs that we've been listening to and you get to listen to them. It's great. It's like a radio show and a playlist. Oh, magic. You can find us on all socials at ragamuffin666. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit follow and leave a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to tell you one more time, smash the shit out of that subscribe button. Subscribe! We're so close to 500. It's our little dream to hit it before the end of the year. And if you want to make our dream come true... (laughs) It's our Christmas wish. That's it. That's it. It's over. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye.